Hello. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I did see it that time. Uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> How bad do I smell? So I smell the last time we recorded. Well, I was going to, you didn't let me finish. I was going to say not even like falafel. Oh. Usually that's the first thing I smell when you get in the car is falafel. That's not a bad thing. You know what? not a bad smell. The Lyft driver was wearing cologne. I don't think that matters. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Which podcast? This is Aaron Rose has never seen it. Who are you? I'm Aaron Rose. Bob, who are you? Robert. Hey, Robert. Who are you? My name's Nick. And also, yeah, you, Bob <laughs> picked me up on Friday after I did my double. Oh, that's nice. And then I fell asleep in front of him, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time you've fallen asleep in front of me. No, I know. I just, I didn't mean to either time, but on Friday. Um, You're a sleepy man. Uh, if any of our listeners were offended by a racial slur that I let stay into the last podcast, um, I apologize. If you haven't been offended because you didn't catch it, there's another reason for you to go back and listen. It's also like two and a half hours in, so yeah, I don't know how many what people got say? that far. It wasn't me. Nope, it was needles. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's never going to be governor. <laughs> I don't... He's... It's not like he used it in a racist way. No. He was just like referring to a racist term. He asked if a... (laughs) He asked if one term was as bad as another. Which are both out of fashion, to quote him. Yes. (laughs) I don't don't know if one of them is. No, he's just being silly. So go back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's actually pretty fun. It's yeah. a fun episode. It's a fun episode. I, I like really like it. Have it's you people. listened to any of them? You don't have to say it to that comment. I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> really, have you? Mm-hmm. No, of course no. not. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it if I didn't have to. No offense, Aaron. I, no. I would listen to it if I'm I had to. I'm not offended. Okay. <laughs> I am honored that anyone listens to us babble on about bullshit. Although I do think we're great. <laughs> I think but I'm th- a giant narcissist, so. I think, I think two-thirds of us are great because I hate myself. Fuck off. <laughs> I love you enough for both um, of us. I'm hey. that out. <laughs> That actually, please don't edit that out because that like stoked my eagle, uh, ego a little bit. That stoked my eagle a little bit. I pet my eagle. Pet your eagle? Pet <laughs> Robert's eagle. Come on down this weekend to the podcast and you can pet Robert's eagle. Talk about how much I don't suck. Um, that's going to be our next shirt. <laughs> Just Robert with an eagle. Pet like a Robert's little kid eagle. petting it. <laughs> Also, the uh, call-in line is now open, so yeah. feel free to call in. <laughs> oh, boy. Put you live on the air. Sam, call in right now! Mm-hmm. It's your only chance. I don't know what I'm chewing on. Kit Kat, I hope. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> is it caffeine gum? 
Do we? Oh, I forgot you had that. Well, I don't have any on me now. I took some. Yeah. I think I was have taken all of it. Uh, it works. Mm-hmm. But also, like every time, like I bust open one of the blister packs, like the first one, like pops out and falls in between my seat and like the shifter <laughs> knob, and so I have to bust open another one, and then like I'll invariably like slam on the brakes while I'm driving because <laughs> uh, I'm all like, cracked out on caffeine gum, and then the other like little piece will like fly out like by my foot, and I'll be like, oh cool, caffeine gum, and I'll pick it up. And like rub it on my pants and then put it in the ashtray <laughs> for later. <laughs> for the next podcast, you know. I'm not for sure after the next part podcast. Part of that is grossest. <laughs> That's the floor of your car, your pants, or the ashtray. Well, it's not the floor. There's a little like plastic thing that collects all the, the petri Dirt? dish. Yeah. <laughs> the petri yeah. dish. Yeah. So that's right. This Saturday, come down, pet Robert's Eagle. <laughs> Free caffeine gum on site. Yeah, don't yeah. stoke the eagle because that could be dangerous. Sorry. No. That's why I was going to suggest not putting this on again. Because right. <laughs> everyone's just going to watch it. No, I'm not. I'm just like... Totally gonna listen to what everyone's saying. Okay. I'm sure. Uh, if you're wondering what we're watching, it's one of the movies from today. It's Inherent Vice. And the other movie is I, Tanya. Oscar nominated. I, Tanya. Three times. Three times. Mm-hmm. And Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> and the what? Aaron's gonna have a solo show in the middle of this. We just let her talk about Pitch Actually, Perfect 3. I don't want to talk about it. It was so bad. Yeah. Which one? Pitch Perfect 3. Listen up, pitches. <laughs> um, I really, really enjoy the first two. First one was funny. The second one's great, too. And I love Rebel Wilson. I refuse and to like see anything the... directed by a woman. I know that's not true because your favorite film of 2017 was Lady Bird. Goddamn right. <clears throat> um, but the first two are awesome. They're super fun. The cast is great. The third one is just really bad. And like, when I'll Return of the Jedi on you? I like Return of the Jedi. Don't judge me. Um, way past judging you. Don't worry. I know. But like, yeah, the third one just like doesn't make sense. It's kind of dumb. And it has like this weird like. I heard it was a storyline. I, I heard the whole thing was a metaphor for um, the ongoing war on terrorism. Yeah. No. <laughs> because it's not. It's just awful. Don't see what, it. What did I tell you they were singing in that? I don't remember. I could probably look it up and they talk sausages. But you said it, and I got, like, really excited, and then it, like, never happened. Yeah, I made it up. I know. I'm painfully aware of it now. Yeah. I was really drunk when I saw it, though. I know. <laughs> Samantha sent me a uh, live photo of her oh, shaking no. her empty thing. She's like, should have got a bottle for the show or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, like, as soon as we walked into the movie theater, because it was her birthday, like two days later so i bought like 
her tickets and then I got like a popcorn and pretzels and shit. And she just like disappeared and left me with Candace. And I kept like looking over my shoulder. I'm like, where the fuck did Sam go? She was at the bar. <laughs> she got us all some like weird margaritas, I think. Is Candace old enough to drink now? She's done. <laughs> and um, then she like bought us both shots of Maker's Mark, I think. Or, Wait, Candace is old enough to drink? She is now. But the first two years they dated, I made that joke all the time. Yeah. Samantha's car is older than her girlfriend. Oh! Oh, my God. (laughs) Bob, you saw the post. We didn't say something about that. Yeah, I wasn't going to dignify it uh, by mentioning it on a shitty podcast, even though it got nominated for an Oscar. (laughs) I'm just kidding. This isn't a shitty podcast. Um but aren't they all? But uh, <laughs> I would say that I I did see the post. Okay. I watched um, Brawl and <laughs> Cell Block 99. Oh, with, with Vince Vaughn. With Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, we talked about this. That's like the one Vince Vaughn I haven't seen. Yeah. I do love him though. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't a bad movie. It was just all the music was like diegetic, so there's just no score. Super slow 70s pacing, like a genre house, like a genre movie where it's like a, like you're in a prison movie. Like the driver. That's that's kind of how the post was, too. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I said I that the post. He was good in it, though. Of course. He's always good in his movies. The post was <clears throat> like a combination between all the president's men and... Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. It was like serious. It was like about. Was it super racist? How many no. black people are in it? Probably less than zero. <laughs> um, doesn't really have a lot of people of color in his movies. Yeah, there were not like not that none that I can re- really remember. Um. And they actually in the beginning, like the whole beginning scene, like the beginning, like montage is like a Vietnam War, uh, like episode where the the dude that directed wrote the, by Ken Burns, <laughs> no, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, so, uh, it was kind of like it was Forrest Gumpy, even though. Like, did he uh, did he CG in some Nazis just so people knew it was a Spielberg movie? <laughs> Maybe, uh, but no. Like uh, the only like black people were like in the like beginning like Vietnam War Dying. like uh, like thing. We're like yeah, like it, it was like the guy that wrote the Pentagon Papers. He was uh he was an investigator for the uh, Pentagon, and he would like embed himself with the troops to see how the war was going, and he was doing like. It was like the Pentagon Papers were a, a, a commissioned by the Department of Defense as like an academic study for that for for the academics to look back on in history. And Daniel Ellsberg would like embed himself in these in like the uh, different platoons and go through it like different uh, you know uh, theaters of the Vietnam War. And then um, 
write about how terrible the war was going, you know, is like honest opinion. And uh, so like that was the whole beginning of the movie. And like that was the only part where the black people were. <laughs> Nobody look at me. Did you see you wish we saw that? Don't look at me. I wish you saw that. I've grown accustomed to like not looking at you when you're moving. Because um, you always tell me not to look at you. Thank you. True so friendship. I just like avert my eyes every time you start to move. But that's how I ended up like dying with you guys. Like no one's gonna notice I fell off a cliff. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I gotta get up, and then I'm just. What are you gonna be doing by a cliff? <sighs> Petting Robert's eagle. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about Spielberg. He's old. The techniques he used are older than that. Yeah. Because the whole thing is, in the '70s when he was making Jaws and all these big movies, everybody mm-hmm. thought summer blockbusters and Spielberg specifically were gonna go and kill cinema. He's gonna ruin films. Gonna ruin classic films and shit like that. But all the techniques he's been using are all from like the 50s and the 60s and shit. So he's still using those now and it's like you got to do something well, else. Well, it was man. all the it was all the techniques that like cinema was getting away from because yeah, they were exactly. super cheesy and like yeah. it was like based on old technology and now you have like new ways of shooting a movie and uh, that's the irony of him in the 70s which is now the sad parody of Spielberg now. Yeah, and that's what I felt like the post, like watching it visually. Like I love the story. Um, like it's it's super important, very relevant, you know, in these times. Which is like the the whole, you know, thesis of it was like the trying to uh, squash media. But the you want whole. No, the falafel. Yeah, the whole. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Aaron Rose is having a fucking heartburn attack from the falafel. No, but I'm just like burping. The whole. Three, two seconds. Welcome to me with customers. <laughs> you do that with me too. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you always want to do that. I just yeah. burped. <laughs> Sneeze, burp in the elbow. Yeah, yeah it works. Just to keep you updated on the live screening of Inherent Vice, Jenna Malone just showed uh, Doc a picture of her baby and he screamed. Ah! (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Robert. But I would say, like, one of the funniest moments in any film I've seen was when he, when Joaquin Phoenix looked at the picture and he's like, ah! I hope you're not listening to this on headphones, folks. <laughs> um, so, back to the movies for this episode. Inherent Vice. Which one Is do we want to talk about first? I think we should talk about Inherent Vice because we're talking about it right now. On? Okay. For me, this was like a, a confluence of two great rivers of uh you know influence and like culture and like uh art in it personally which was thomas no. pynchon and paul thomas anderson um i made like one note while watching this movie do you want to guess what it was it was like a direct quote it wasn't really a note was i awake or asleep 
I think you were awake because it's like right in the beginning. And I'm like, oh, I love that. I'm going to use that. Change your hair, change your life. Yep. <laughs> Once again, Aaron is a badass stylist. <laughs> and just for the record of me, I've seen Inherent Vice upwards of 10 times. Ooh. I love. I'm about uh, at five. No, I went. When this came, when this became available to like rent or buy, uh, Kate bought it, and we just had it on iTunes. And then the master was on Netflix at the same time, so I was watching these back to back. What's the master? The master is the PT movie before this movie. It's, it's called Joaquin. the next podcast. Oh yeah, my God. no, we can't do. Aaron that Rose again. has never seen it. We're not falling down like another one of those. Well, holes. we kind of have to because we're all gonna go see Phantom Thread. So we could do Phantom Thread, the next one, and then the one after that, we could do The Master. And you still need to see Heart 8. So we could just... I know. I like, wrote that down <laughs> when I was like making notes after oh, the yeah. movie, and yeah. I put a that star next good. to it. But um, no, I was I was just falling asleep because I was exhausted. I know. But I was still... No, I, I just don't want to be that guy who's like sleeping through this movie. I love... This is my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, because with the exception of Magnolia... Whatever his newest movie is, that's my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, Magnolia's great, but... It's so fucking depressing and long. Boogie Nights. I love Boogie Nights, but... After... I mean, I know... What did I... I think Boogie Nights gets a little... Actually, I'm surprised Punch Drunk Love is Well, that movie kind of... Yeah. I love that movie. I like that movie, too, but like... I'm surprised I said I love that movie, Robert. <laughs> I'm surprised you I like Magnolia more. I like that movie too, but yeah. Love, though. Huh? I said I'm surprised you like Magnolia more than Punch Drunk Love. Way more. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a farce. No, 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 no. It's, no, no, no. I like Punch Drunk Love way more than Magnolia. Oh. Way more. I said with the exception of Magnolia, every movie's put out in order. Oh, yeah. so you didn't like Magnolia that much? Magnolia's at the bottom of the list for me. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Punch Drunk Love is definitely at the bottom of the list for me. I know. I know. But you hate pudding. I would say that... <laughs> That's like, one of the things I hate. I would say both of them are at the bottom of the list for me. Um, Magnolia is, yeah, super depressing, but it... Oh, I love that, though. It's. I would say it's above Punch Drunk Love. Absolutely. The first time I watched that, I, love I like, the had no idea what love. was like going on, and but it was like so beautiful, and then I immediately watched it again. Yeah, I had no idea that was one of his films until like thirty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By yep. the way, <laughs> this episode is subtitled "Aaron Rose has never Googled it." <laughs> I, yeah, well, I just watch stuff. I really care about the mechanics. Which is funny because I literally woke up, paused it, and well, I just want to talk about the framing <laughs> of this for a second. Unpaused <laughs> it after I did my little spiel, and then just fell back asleep. Yeah, that's very accurate. Not in and out like an asshole. Just enough to pause it and be like, look at this. this <laughs> I'm so surprised good. you even like woke up for that one. I Okay. Anyways, let's talk about Inherent Vice. I just caught a scene where it was the what was it the the See, guy this is why from not be on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Better Call Saul. This. 
better call the the uh the lead like the the head guy from the Jimmy McGill's brothers uh never seen it yeah i've not watched it you've never seen better call Saul uh, not a single like, second of it god it's maybe so maybe watch bad. like 3 episodes maybe i will watch first of all i will watch anything with bob odenkirk in it like you he made is that painfully clear <laughs> already tonight because he's fucking awesome government secrets <laughs> yes <laughs> mr show's awesome with bob and david's awesome his part in better call or breaking bad was awesome and better call Saul is fucking great so i won't He's awesome okay you are all <laughs> missing out yes i on okay. bob odenkirk's genius it's comedic and dramatic genius Apparently you've never seen Run Ronnie Run. I have. Oh, and I kind I of love, love that movie. Oh my <laughs> God. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> you just swayed. I'll be on the porch. <laughs> we used to have like the VHS of that. I think like yeah. Ken brought it home and we would watch it all yeah, the we fucking st- time. Stole it or he rented it from Hollywood Video on Dad's account. And then just never And then back. never returned it and Dad <laughs> had to pay for it. Yep. I really like Bob Odenkirk. I grew up on Bob and David. <laughs> I just never saw Breaking Bad or Saul. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. Right. Yeah, it's all right. There's definitely like a couple of seasons in the middle that you can just skip over completely. Skipped right. over six of those seasons. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how many there were. There I, hope I think there were five. <laughs> there were five. Only five. Yeah. <laughs> Skipped over so many. With that show, like if you just skip to the parts with Brian C- Cranston and Jesse Pinkman, or like yeah. the parts where he's doing the drug dealer, like the whole family part is just like ugh. His real name's Aaron something, I believe. Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Paul. I only remember the first part of it for yeah. a reason. <laughs> Why? Why would you only remember his first name, Aaron? I have no idea. What? What would you make you do that? <laughs> no clue. Oh shit! My socks match. Anyways, <laughs> I'm a big fan of striped socks. You're not? I'm. No, I am. Oh, I love these. <clears throat> Those are good socks. Right? You know who else is a big fan of striped socks? Paul Thomas Anderson. John Waters. Oh, okay. So that's still solid. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You, I, yeah, I like. <laughs> I wore striped socks to the, a funeral the other day. Yeah. And Aaron again, was like, my condolences. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Aaron was like, "Cool socks." Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. good socks. They remind him of the wicked with the wicked witch of the West, which is why you can always catch like John. Is Waters. that the one that dies in the beginning? Those are great socks. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But like John Waters always has like striped socks on because of it. No shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the cover of like role models, it's like a illustration of John Waters, like a crude illustration of John Waters, but he definitely has like Wicked Witch of the West socks on. Nice. <laughs> I wear horizontal striped socks because I want to make my ankles look more muscular. Okay. 
I'm cutting that joke. Anyways. I think they have <laughs> socks that just look like meat. <laughs> like, I've like definitely seen like bacon like socks. Muscle. Oh. I mean. It might all right. Better. Back to inherent vice. <laughs> I think we should start with I, Tanya, and come back to this movie. Oh, my God. Okay. Why? Because. <laughs> Focus because a little more a and nightmare. Because it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> to the end of this movie. We're not we gonna, to yeah, we're not gonna be able to focus on talking about it while it's still playing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was tried to talk about it and then some something happened. I forget. Bob Odenkirk's love and happened. Blah blah blah. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's perfect. I'm drinking blah blah. This episode is brought to you by blah 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 IPA. Um, so I, Tanya, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, it was fucking great. Um, and a little bit of backstory. I was obsessed with figure skating when I was younger. So Which like. Still don't believe. I know. I like, I don't know. There was just like something about it that I like absolutely adored. It was like fucking ballerinas and barbies on skates until fucking tanya harding came along and she like fucking changed that image of ice skaters um but so i like remember watching all of this unfold and i even had a scrapbook where we'd buy newspapers and like cut out all the articles about like tanya harding and nancy kerrigan like as it was like about well i remember like one of my earliest memories of childhood was we grew up on that weird pond that would freeze over and we all had like ice skates as like three and four year olds and they're like the triple ice skates or like the double ice skates and so we would always go ice skating like on that pond like as like tiny fucking children um, I don't remember ever ice skating on that pond. I remember ice skating I with feel you. Like I've seen pictures of it. <laughs> I remember ice skating with you. Like I had the double ice skates and you had the triple ice skates, and we would like. All right, I'll bite. What the fuck does that mean? It just well, it was like, t- like double blades. blades instead of just one blade. Like the there are two blades. So it like made it sturdier. Oh yeah, and so for like the tiny no children. Idea. There were like triple blades, and so she had like the baby little triple blades. Oh, okay. And I had the double blades. Skates versus roller blades, kind uh, of deal. Yeah. Big reveal. Uh, I don't know how to skate. Not surprising. Like at all? It's okay. Nope. On anything? Nope. I'm a terrible ice skater, but I can rock a pair of roller blades. I believe <laughs> I'm also that. Like a really bad roller skater. I feel like we could Even put Bob on ice right it. now. Yeah, I could go on ice. Mm-hmm. I could fall down a lot. But yeah, so I fucking I walked into this movie knowing I was probably gonna love the shit out of it just because I was super obsessed with it. And to like this day, like every time the Winter Olympics are on, all I watch is figure skating. I like the ski jump because it's just stupid. It's super dumb. <laughs> There's so many dumb winter sports. That's why I like them. The bobsled. That's my one of my favorites. Naturally. Super dumb. Curling's very dumb. Yeah. Curling's the one where it's the guys with the brooms and the ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Yeah. 
We watched that at that like a Beatles night in America. Yeah, we did. That was in that Beatles movie. Uh, I think it was a Hard Day's Night or maybe Help, where they like were curling and like one of the curling things is a bomb. And I forget that the rest of it. Familiar. Did it have Yoko Ono's face? No, Help was before Yoko Ono. Okay. That was back when they were so popular they could make a movie out of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody also, if uh, you know what, I'm gonna. But I always wanted that bed, the John yeah, Lennon's yeah. bed, where it was like in the fucking floor. Oh my god, I've yeah. always wanted where like he... a living room that had like a recess, like yeah. couch area. Mm. But anyway, yeah, Winter Olympics, love it. I went into that movie like not like. Really, like, I guess kind of similarly to, like, the post, like, as a historical, like, uh, like accounting of what happened. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, so surprised at, like, how I felt that, like, Tanya Harding is, like, was and still is, like, the, like, working class hero. Yeah. Well. Of, like, she, she, like... That, the that, white redeemed, trash hero. She, that redeemed her as the working class hero, not white trash, because she worked her fucking ass off to she be did. as she awesome as she off and still be trash. Well, here's the thing. Like, but she's always had a bad rap. Like when she was like in the Olympics, the 92 and 94. Yeah, she was always the white trash, even though like Nancy Kerrigan also came from like a working class family like she was like painted as the princess and like everyone just like loved her immediately and they're like oh she like worked her way up to this and like meanwhile tanya harding's there like fucking killing it and like nobody was giving her the time of day which is total fucking bullshit and it's just yeah she had like the cards stacked against her and i don't want to do it. I don't want to be like a Tanya Harding apologist or anything, but I also Why like not? I don't know where I like stand on her. I don't know if she actually like knew about like the whole fucking kneecap thing or not, which is terrible. But if you like really want to go there to like believe that she, well, I think her knew about that. You're taking the word of a documented abusive fucking. Well, her husband basically said that he's like, yeah, I'm responsible for derailing her Well, he says that in the movie, but, like, in real life, he fucking sells her out, and, like, she fucking knew about this the whole time. I don't think she knew, but also... I don't think so either. I think she was just, like... I think it was... The the way that the movie portrayed it was that uh, it was supposed to be like a prank almost or like uh, a kind of like gotcha, like somebody called in a death threat on Tanya Harding and then they were going to like mail in a death threat on Nancy Kerrigan to get back. Which is like what she claimed she knew about. Yeah. And then they did the whole She's like, I had no idea about this because it was all that like fucking weirdo shot. Yeah, and if you look at the fucking that idiot fucking dude, those two idiot dudes 
they are morons and they have <laughs> they they are just idiots and they completely were into controlling women both of them so what her ex-husband and fucking Sean? Yeah. Neck? Yeah. <laughs> Jowl face? Yeah. That dude's And they're face. like we know better than like we we know what to do. I'm talking about Jeff Galuli and yeah. Sean, whose last name I couldn't write down. Eckerd? Maybe? I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's doesn't. a fucking total loser. <laughs> Piece of shit. Yeah. And that actress portrayal. The actor in that movie was so good. I fucking oh hate him. Oh my god, he was hate like face. spot on. And he's so disgusting and that I've literally been eating better since I saw that movie. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> See? Everyone's life's changing after Tanya Harding. But yeah, there's I don't know, there's a lot that the movie like doesn't get into. On like I don't know, the dynamics between Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Like, I could totally see Tanya Harding having a shitload of resentment for Nancy Kerrigan. Just because they came from, like, maybe not similar backgrounds, but they both came from, like, working class backgrounds. But Tanya Harding was always painted as, like, trailer trash. See, I didn't know Nancy Kerrigan. I thought Nancy Kerrigan just came from a rich family. No, she came from a working class family and like they kind of like touted her as like, oh, she, you know, she worked her way up. But like she also had like this beautiful family behind her, which or uh, that Tanya didn't have. Like her two brothers were like hockey players. I think her mom was like blind or some shit. But they were still yeah, but like, it this takes a lot of money beautiful, to be- like family unit. And that's like another thing. Like when you looked at them on the ice, there was a huge like difference there. And it's because Tanya Harding was like literally making her own costumes. Yeah. Nancy Kerrigan had fucking beautiful costumes, and it's not because she bought them or paid for them, but because she was fucking sponsored. By Vera Wang, so she was getting no shit. all that well, shit. Well, like for later, free. later on, yeah. Even early on, and like she was in the '92 Olympics, the same as fucking Tanya was. But like, if you're if you're looking at like these fucking top figure skaters and like someone to represent your brands, like of course Vera Wang doesn't want Tanya Harding <laughs> representing her. I feel brand. like Carhartt should have stepped up and sponsored uh, Nancy <laughs> you know Kerrigan. If, if I had a fashion line, I would have been all over Tanya Harding. <laughs> she was fucking awesome, but she didn't like fit the bill of what an ice skater should be. Like nothing about her did. Like ice skaters looked like fucking ballerinas. And that was not Tanya Harding at all. She was super boxy. She had, like, a super athletic build. And people, like, hated her for it. Her hair was frizzy and crazy. And then, like, I think, like, even, like, leading up to the Olympics, they do, like, the little, like, blurbs about people where they show them, like, back at home. And, like, for Tanya Harding, they, like, literally, like, showed her in front of her house working on her car. (laughs) 
which is I think so that's awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah. And she had a huge following of people who like championed her. Like people coming back from the war, like saw this fucking little girl that came from like this shitty town and was just like Portland, fucking Oregon. killing it. And it like she town. wasn't from Portland. She was outside of Portland, right? Outside yeah. of Portland, but like from a really shitty part. <laughs> like saying she's from Portland, like it's not So if you had to do Tanya Harding's hair, what would you do? I mean, like back then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I like. Or now, <laughs> what would you do with it? I mean, back then I would have left it alone because I had the fucking same shitty fried hair as she did. Because <laughs> I was getting bathroom perms. Yeah, the same bangs. Yeah. <laughs> Frizzy bangs. Yeah, I mean, I just like. I think she's great. She was like fucking ice skate to heavy metal and shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, and she just like did not give a fuck when she was on the ice because she knew that she could do shit that nobody else could do. She could fucking land it and people were just like giving her poor scores because she wasn't like your typical. Like, she looked like a fucking lumberjack. Yeah. You know, and she kind of was. Well, yeah, but that's because she skated like a training montage when she got back into the 94 Olympics in that movie is amazing. It is. Well, it's the whole like Rocky thing. But yeah, like I like she totally like lost points because of the way her body looked, which was bullshit. Because when everyone else was just like dancing on ice, she was actually like fucking giving it her all. And, like, that's why she was so muscular and, like, boxy. Because she was, like, fucking putting, like, every ounce of her body into it. Well, she was, like, I think it was, like, like people were dancing on ice. And she was, like, doing the fucking, like, nailing all the fucking jumps and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a, like a, a mathematical, like, I'm going to do this jump and do this jump and do this jump. And she fucking killed it all. But, like, everybody else was, like, well, doing, like, weird little moves. And she's like, I'm going to fucking, I'm, like, going to dance to heavy metal. <laughs> I'm going to fucking, you know, ice skate to heavy metal. And I'm, like, you know, going to fucking nail all these things. And Make what, my own costumes. You know. <laughs> like, I love her. I'm going to play these solos, <laughs> you know. DYI punk rock the whole time. Yeah. And even just, like, watching her routines, like, you can, like, see when she, like, nails something, (laughs) she's, like, so fucking into it and proud of it. And, like, at the end of everything, she's like, yeah, (laughs) which is so cool to see. And it's so exciting to see versus everyone else who's just, like, "Hmm." When she nailed the triple triple axle. Yeah. The the only American – still – Oh, is she still? I think so, yeah. I don't know about that. Oh. <coughs> you might Maybe be at the time. Um, but yeah, she was the first person to do it like in competition. To and attempt she did it. it. Fucking twice. The only <laughs> No, the only person to attempt it and like nail it. But yeah, she did it fucking twice. Yeah. <laughs> which is fucking unbelievable. And she also like failed at it a couple times which i totally respect too mm-hmm. that's why tanya harding i think 
working class hero. Yeah, absolutely. She uh, definitely got screwed over by the fucking dudes in her life. Yeah. They took the legs out from underneath her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, not only her, but yeah. But I, 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 she, she had that, uh, I guess like the esprit de corps, you know, that just like, uh, she was also just like happy with how she skated. Yeah. You know, and, and like, um, I guess spoiler alert. There's 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 no spoiler alert because everybody can look up anything yeah on the internet but like one of my favorite parts of the movie was the end where like after all the fucking Nancy Kerrigan bullshit and after all of it she like and after all like the when the thing when her shoelace broke and she mm-hmm. like got a second chance and she fucking skated her heart out. She got like eighth place mm-hmm. and she was so happy with it. And she was like, and Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan got silver medal. And she's like, <laughs> looked like she stepped in poo. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy Kerrigan looked like she stepped in poo. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's a whole nother narrative that we don't really need to get into, which is like they painted tanya harding poorly because she was poor and came from nothing so they painted her as like trailer trash whereas nancy kerrigan like everyone loved but after she got that silver medal like everyone fucking turned on her which is like what the media does they like build women up just to tear tear them down and like after that silver medal like everyone referred to her as like an ice princess and they, like, did nothing but, like, give her shit about, like, being, like, sad and cold and not smiling enough and, you know, all this bullshit. Like, they'd put her on parade and she wouldn't be smiling. Like, people would have to, like, tell her to fucking smile. Um, which is just, like, I don't know. Again, a narrative we don't need to get into. Fucking media is terrible to women. Enter a clip of Aaron ranting about Blade Runner 2049 here. Yeah. Why do you guys hate women? I wasn't, like, referring to you specifically. I'm Not sorry. this time. <laughs> you only say that to me after we finish recording the podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm getting like all worked up about Tanya and Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> and we're not talking about like the actual movie. We haven't mentioned the movie should. at all. <laughs> so I, Tanya is actually based on a bunch of like interviews. And I think yeah. it was made into a documentary done by Hard Copy. No, right? uh, ESPN, I think. The 30 by 31. Yeah. 30 for 31 was awesome. Okay. I saw that. That was amazing. Um, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the interviews in the 30 by 30 were like, like faithfully shot, like as the movie, um, you know, and you can watch them and they're, they're pretty, it's, it's funny to see like both instances. Yeah, it's literally the, the 
narrative path of the 30 for 30 is the same as the movie. I haven't seen that, but it is. I think you said you watched it on YouTube. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. I, tr- I kind of did. You can kind of find it on YouTube. I actually like looked like... for the original footage, and I couldn't like, really find it anywhere. They also don't like, look that hard. <laughs> but it did get nominated for three Academy Awards. Which ones? Um, Margot Robbie was nominated for Best Actress. Alice and Janney was she nominated. She deserves it. Oh, she like, Best so God, she it. was awesome. And then someone whose name I don't know was nominated for Best Editing, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it was a woman as well. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, the whole like cast throughout this movie is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, Alice and Jenny in particular, like she fucking. She's a monster. She is a fucking monster. So yeah. fucking good though. She might be the best villain of last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She, yeah. She was a great villain. Yeah. Best lady villain since Charlize Theron. In monster. monster. <laughs> is she the villain? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, One of them. Is. There were so many villains in Itania. It was pretty much everybody <laughs> against Tanya Harding. You know, like her mom was a fucking villain. Her husband was a villain. Her husband's friend, who was the bodyguard, was a villain. You know the, the writers of Boy Meets World who casted Nancy Kerrigan on Boy Meets World. The she was on Boy no. Meets World. Yeah. The uh, Eric was uh, that's the brother, right? Eric. He was listening to uh, books on tape at night, mm-hmm. and Nancy Kerrigan popped in his dreams. Yeah, but that's okay. literally the only episode of Boy Meets World I remember. But yeah, like pretty much everybody, like she was beat her whole life. Like her mom beat her and then she escaped her mom by moving in with her first boyfriend who then like assumed the role of beating the shit out of her. Only to like get on the ice and be beaten down by the association yeah. because she's not what they expect her to look like. She, yeah. That was one of the like most poignant parts of the movie is when Margot Robbie just looked straight into the camera and was like, all of you, you're all my abusers. <laughs> and then they fucking showed her listening to Letterman do the top ten list of her, and she's singing a fucking oh my God. So like super shady fucking like trucker motel. Mm. She's Job. She's the Job of figure skating. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't. Yeah, it sucks. I love her though. She used to refer to herself as the Charles Barkley of figure skating. <laughs> Which I think is like so wonderful. Yeah, except Charles Barkley is rich. Yeah. Yeah. But she was and like also, the like, best figure skater. This the scenes where like I I felt like I I teared up so many times during my <laughs> time. Yeah, I I don't care. Like I teared, and one of the times that I teared up was when uh she it was like after the 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 knee fucking thing. And she was like in hiding, kind of. 
And her and mom shows up? No, 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 no. It was before that. It was the dude from Hard Copy, like, called a tow truck oh, to tow yeah. her truck, you know? And she, like, hears it and, like, comes running out because her truck is getting towed for no reason other than that this fucking asshole towed it to get her out of her house to get a reaction from her. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it was so, like, fucking tragic. Like, like I felt so bad for her. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, that was like the, be- that, this, that was like the beginning of like the 24-hour news cycle. And it was right before the OJ trial, like mm-hmm. directly before yeah. the OJ trial. She was like the first like whole like news like twenty four hour news cycle where she right. had to deal with like these terrible tactics by like the tabloid media to try and like get her to talk or get her on on camera. Well, I mean, that whole season of the Olympics was that way because they were just like I feel like that's when it first started where like this whole like 24-hour news thing came about and like everyone was everyone just had like cameras on them 24-7 especially like and that's why we saw like Nancy Kerrigan right after she got like the baton to the knees because people were just fucking trailing her every second of the day and so like after she got hit coming off the ice like there's that fucking iconic scene that everyone's fucking seen a million times and it's like cinched into brains of her like on the ground screaming why 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 yeah. you know um it was just like it wasn't just Tanya Hardy and it was fucking everyone <laughs> that was the beginning of the end for real news uh-huh. I think that um the the cameras were always like rolling and around but it wasn't un- like until like that happened that that's what sparked everything that's what sparked the the tabloid explosion and that's what made like cuz like they were Man. you know they had this like it was cable news and people were paying for cable so they had this budget to like go and follow people around, but it never really like. I think it was always kind of boring. Started with Court TV and the Menendez brothers. Yeah, yeah maybe. That's like it was fucking ridiculous. Because they talked to Court TV in like one of those, like I don't remember what it was. It was one of those documentaries. Mm-hmm. It's on cable, and then sure. Uh, like the first big one for Court TV was the Menendez brothers. Because they were live in the court and they were just there every day and every day. Mm-hmm. And then that and then Nancy Kerrigan and then fucking OJ and then just the rest of our lives. Well, yeah, like, so one interesting thing, they don't like talk about this in the movie, but like the whole fucking Tanya Harding thing broke because that fucking dipshit Sean was walking around telling everyone like, what he did to Nancy Kerrigan. And he, like, bragged about it to the local, um, like, priest or pastor or whatever. And he's the one who went to the police. And, like, I've read interviews with him where he's like, yeah, you know, so-and-so offered me $50,000 
for my story and I turned it down and it just like ugh, fucking ridiculous. It just like goes to show. Like, Sean was the, the bodyguard. Yeah. The, the counter uh, espionage agent. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-terror agent. Yeah. Espionage. Oh, he's, like his he's an expert in both. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like that's like another thing. If you read any like news stories, they all like talk about him as like the self-proclaimed like espionage yeah. expert. But there's like no evidence to show. Well, like, maybe he spread all. Maybe he told everybody because he's such a good anti-terrorism uh, expert that he got himself caught because he was the terrorist this time. But he was like bragging to a priest. It's a fucking idiot. The whole there's like. The irony was so genuine, like Aww. like of him just like talking about that, and you're just like, like everybody's just like, are you fucking so kidding sad. me? You're so fucking you're so obvious. He's yelling at his parents to use a blank tape this time because he taped over Star Trek. Yeah. But when Margot Robbie tells him off on the ice, that was great. Mm-hmm. He didn't stop anything, but. No, it didn't. Um, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, Margot Robbie was fucking great. Yeah. Even though, like, I feel like just for being Margot Robbie, like, take something away from it. Because she's so pretty. And she's, like, what, nine inches taller? Yeah, (laughs) she seemed way fucking taller. Like, Tanya Harding's, like, short and just, like, she's fucking built like a truck. Which, yeah. like, doesn't come across, like, in the movie. So it's, like, hard to, like... But it's I really, like, hard was... to relate. If you didn't, like, grow up watching all this, it's, like, hard to, like, picture, like, why these people had, like... It's so out for Tanya. Yeah, they, I, I feel like the the one deficiency of I, Tanya, was that they didn't give Margot Robbie the, like, Hobbit treatment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shooting from above. <laughs> The reverse Tom Cruise. Yeah, the reverse Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know. I I forgot she was Margot Robbie when we were watching this. Yeah. Um, also, I, I feel like know. this is the first movie since fucking Baby Driver that the three of us actually all saw together in the theater. Oh, that might be. We haven't no. actually watched any movies together since all together. We saw Blade Runner together. No. With Caesar. No. No? Well, you and I did. Robert saw it on his own. Oh, I thought Robert was there. No. <laughs> I was by myself in the front row at Webster. Oh, the like, front row's the worst. Why were you in the front row? Or I, Maybe I was in the second row. I don't remember. I was just like reclined and I was like, what am I doing? Why does this, <laughs> why does this thing recline all the way? Why is there a table here? I can take notes. It's <laughs> helpful. And all I did, I all I used the table for, was f- to put my smuggled-in wine box. Of course, <laughs> you did that for Itania too. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Um. I felt actually like I should have smuggled in like a keg. <laughs> so before we move on, ice house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Before we move on, I did like make a couple like interesting notes. 
interesting to me anyway. So the director of this was Craig Gillespie, who also did Lars and the Real Girl. And he also did... <laughs> I knew you were laughing at me. I hate him. Um, but I thought it was like really interesting that he did that movie too. And he did uh, six episodes of United States of Terror, which I don't think you've watched, even though I've told you a million times too. And then the writer was Stephen Rogers, and he actually wrote the part of Lavana Golden for Allison Channing. Danny. <laughs> um, and he's, like, done this before. He's wrote, like, multiple parts for her, but this is the first one she ever actually played. And when she got, like, nominated for the Academy Award, she thanked him for, like, actually, like, talking her in <laughs> to, like, playing this part that he totally wrote for her. But as a writer, he also wrote a movie that I love that I know neither one of you has never seen called Stepmom. I own Julia that Roberts. Movie. And Susan Sarandon. I own that movie. You own it? Yeah. Why do you own it? Why are you judging him on that? I'm just so surprised. You own Office Party. I mean, I own this movie, too. And I feel like me and Jess Rose have like talked at length about it. I've watched it a million times. It also has Jenna Malone in it, which ties into our next movie. But I don't know. <laughs> that was really interesting. <laughs> I was really excited to see that pop up. <laughs> This How do you I, feel about Stepmom? <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I, I, I have it at the apartment. I, I have it at my house, if, too. <laughs> if you want to borrow here. it. I'm amazed that you own that movie, Robert. I have a stepmom. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> She's definitely not like a crazy photographer in New York City, though. She's crazy. She's crazy. In a wonderful, lovely way. Yeah. Much like so Julia the guy who directed I, Tonya directed the remake of Fright Night. I did see that. I haven't watched yeah. that. It's awful. Yeah. Never made it through it. There's no reason to remake that movie. Jess and I watched, tried to watch that the same night um, that we tried to watch the sequel prequel reboot of the thing didn't get through that either i didn't feel too bad about that didn't make it through it at all i thought it was all right just putting it out there i thought it was okay not fright night but like the thing yeah. prequel it's decent it like ties everything in which is cool Meh. Try watching it not super stoned. Uh, I don't think I was super stoned. Okay. Rude. <laughs> yeah. Bad movie's a bad movie. High or not. I, Tanya. But, again, I, Tanya, I think if, had I seen it before the end of the year... I think I might have put it like in the number one slot instead of Baby Driver. Oh shit! 
I mean, it's from last year. You can still retroactively change that list. Yeah. I would definitely I put mean, it in my top ten. It's not a movie that I would see a billion times in the theater. Because it's fucking depressing. It is. It's heartbreaking. Bummer. It is heartbreaking. And, like, yeah. I live, I, like, went through it the first time with Tanya Harden. <laughs> so I don't need to, like, relive it 20 other times. Whereas, like, Baby Driver's just, like, fun and got a great fucking soundtrack and I, it's just like a fun movie to like see in the theater mm-hmm. I Tanya not so much it's like free Kevin Spacey well yeah it goes without saying um but I do think I liked I Tanya better I just let him do it because I admired the balls in the kid cut that out <laughs> no <laughs> Martin Short is fucking amazing in this movie, by the way. He is. And I'm going to pee. I had not seen this movie before, obviously. I saw this uh, opening weekend in Chicago with actually Steven. Um, with Count Dvorak. Um, <laughs> and then I went back two days later. I fucking love this movie. It's there's a level of melancholy to this that's like. I feel like all his movies are. It's like a fog. Yeah, like this one is like a fog. Yeah, exactly. It's thick. The scene is thick. The scene where him and uh, Owen Wilson are talking on the dock. That's the level of melancholy to this. Also, one of the best fucking long camera takes that he uses you pointed that out to me too. yeah he gets like three setups on that which one it's it's the one it's when he running along the dock with the the ship in the background where it keeps getting bigger that's really good i was talking about more in like the beginning of the middle of the movie where he meets up with jade and then he talks to um uh koi for the first time and there's like that one shot of them talking and then it's like it's the far away shot. It's the slow zoom in. And then it's just a two shot of them talking. And then it ends with the solo shot of Joaquin just like, what was that? And then he turns around and fucking dude's gone. <laughs> oh, wait. It's like, it's like yeah. three minutes of just gorgeous brilliancy. He has a lot of camera tricks. He does a lot. Like, there's a lot of like longer takes in this, like, yeah. like 90 second takes. But that one's oh, it's so good. I feel really bad for getting him confused with all the other people I got him confused with. Which were? The Coen brothers and Wes Anderson. But those, that's not bad company. It's not. For but the most part. I feel like he's far superior to all of them. Especially like when I'm like looking at my notes and like looking directed and like oh this should he's he's way better than wes anderson <laughs> definitely definitely way better than wes anderson. well he he's made way less movies the, than the coens though if he was as prolific as the coen they put out like a movie every year basically too many yeah because they've they've made a lot of shitty movies yeah, you should have They're made... like the guided by voices of directors. You know, they just like will You're not right stop. So are you are you on her side now? <laughs> um, well, I'm just saying. No, 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 that, no I'm, that. Just, I'm just. 
I wish I had like, they made put out a lot of stuff, of... and then like you know, they, yeah. there's a different, uh, you know, aesthetic where like it's like we just like have to put this stuff out. We just have to keep directing movies and keep doing shit. And s- Hot freaks. (laughs) The Coen brothers are hot freaks. They are. Uh, But Paul Thomas Anderson is a uh, scientist. (laughs) And there's uh, your boy's best friend, Mickey Rourke's best friend. Who, who is that? Eric Roberts. I actually like wrote that down in my notes. If you if you get a chance, f- I'm going to send you the link. It's when um, Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke won the Independent Spirit Award for Best Actor in The Wrestler, mm-hmm. and he just went on and on and on, and like he was calling out Eric Roberts from like the audience, and he's just like, "Stop! <laughs> just talk about yourself!" Like like. It was the most like Jewish mother routine I've ever oh seen my in my God. life. It was amazing. That's so endearing. I wonder why I love Mickey Rourke so much. No, I'm talking about Eric Roberts, not Mickey Rourke. Whatever. Ooh, I wonder why Eric you Roberts love Mickey in? Rourke every time you bring up Wait a Mickey second. Rourke. What, what, what else was Eric Roberts in to remind the audience? And Robert. And me. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts was in a lot of movies that I don't remember. <laughs> he was in some woman to make that one Roberts woman. Julia Roberts? No, that's his sister. Really? No. Google Eric Roberts. Okay, I know this on the web for Eric Roberts. <laughs> why, why did you silence that woman? Yeah. Because he hates women. Google Eric Roberts. Here's what I found on the web for Eric Roberts. Thanks. He was in The Dark Knight. Yeah, he played, uh, yeah. Yeah. Before that, though. A lot of stuff. He has 489 acting credits. Too many. He's a character actor. That's like uh, one less than Gary Oldman. (laughs) I was going to say, he has one character, though. Well, you know, that's that's I uh, I can appreciate that because like if you He's got 30 movies coming out next year. Oh even like or this uh, year. Stanley Kubrick said he's like you here. figure out what one thing that you can do and then you do it for the rest of your career. 440 is way too much. Otherwise you're just dabbling. That's what he was in. He was in the Pope of Greenwich Village with Mickey Rourke. I just saw that. He, pl- he was in Star 80 where he killed uh, that one model. Runaway Train, King of the Gypsies, The Specialist. Just like looking for stuff I recognize and I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> the Coca-Cola Kid, Final Analysis, National Security, Heaven's Prisoners. I don't remember him, the cable guy. He was in Best of the Best 2. Hey, so fucking raw, so raw. <laughs> He's in uh, Cecil B. Demented. As? 
Like Eric Roberts. <laughs> well, he's solid in my book. If he was in a John Waters film, that's all I really need to know. So, oh, he was in the prophecy too. He was Michael. So wait, by that, by that rationale, does that mean you're cool with Stephen Dorff? I love Stephen Dorff. I love how like fucking Blade. Get out of here. Fuck Blade. I love how every time I like Doc talks movies. to Bigfoot, so it's like a mirror image. Dick. Yeah, they're both on like oh, shitty phones with TV like series, w- women walking around distracting them. Oh, Honey's ex. That's who he played in Cecil B. Demented. Okay. Or just consuming weed across from the table from each other. All right. So real <laughs> fast, does any believe that Shasta is still alive in this scene? Oh, that had not even like crossed my mind. I it, I don't think Shasta is actually uh, a character. It's it's more of like a. Uh, like a narrative, like a, a like a projection, like the other one, like Joanna Newsom. Who's the narrator? Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, the narrator. Yeah, I think she was there in the first scene. I'm glad you brought that up because, like, the whole movie. Well, that's what like, I was talking about, actually. This woman <laughs> to this movie, and they never like. They never explain who she is, <laughs> like in the movie. Well, Shasta, at all, I think, is like other than like her being in the car and her explaining stuff. Yeah. You, Doc, it... like she's like she has like no storyline at all. She's just like there, and she's always talking to Doc, and she's always think, explaining things to Doc. I think she's one of ghosts. Like I think she's one of Doc's ghosts. Mm-hmm. I think she might have actually been in the part where they use the Ouija board, but. I don't think she has any other scenes in the movie where but she's I, actually alive. I think if you look at, Whoa. if you watch the movie, like when nobody he, like, interacts with her character ever. Who? Uh, Joanna Newsom's character. She's not. She, she, well, she's not in any of those scenes. She's the only scene where she could possibly be alive she's the is the Ouija board. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a ghost. Yeah. She's she's Doc's uh, conscious, mm-hmm. who knows what's going on better than he does. Mm-hmm. Doc is a haunted man. Well, obviously. Yeah. Um, speaking of Doc, though, I had no idea Joaquin Phoenix could be so funny and He's like, entertaining. Amazing. Yeah. His facial expressions are so wonderful. I've been saying this for years. I have one thing in my bucket list. I want to be stoned at a party and You've Joaquin Phoenix shows up. So yeah. I don't need to talk to him. I don't need to do drugs with him or have a drink with him. I just need to be stoned and go, dude, that's Joaquin Phoenix. And you know what? I've never understood that until this exact moment. Well, thank you. <laughs> but like real quick. Like, he had a brother that died movie, tragically. Him and like Josh. We could relate to him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's not fair. Um, but then at the end of the movie, <laughs> when Roland walks in and is being crazy, and Joaquin Phoenix is just like doing this. Yeah. Like, that's he... how I always feel when I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, that and by doing Josh... this, Aaron Rose was covering her mouth and yeah. her eyes were bugged out. 
Josh Brolin. <laughs> and there was like one tear. <laughs> yeah. One Josh pat, Brolin like, improvised that. Tier. He was just supposed oh. to eat the joint and then eat the whole tray. And then that was Joaquin Phoenix's honest reaction to him doing that. It was just that single tear. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how I feel every time I smoke weed. real i don't know that's why you can only eat weed you can only eat a tray of weed and papers i can only eat a tray of weed can't smoke hey i'm sorry about last night what what are you sorry about (laughs) he's fantastic throughout the whole movie though yeah this is the movie where i like started to like josh brolin i mean oh no. It didn't last. Yeah. It didn't I'm last. just like I'm yeah. just. What did, what did really... you not like him then? I don't like him as a person. So his like well, he's Diane a good actor. Lane. Yeah, he him and he beat up Diane Lane. Oh, we really? talked about this in the oh. first episode. We're like, I wasn't there. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> she beat him up too. Yeah, but like, all right, let's not. not I just think this. he's a huge. Uh, drunk douchebag. He's like the a Russell Crowe type. I like him way more than Russell Crowe. I'll give him that oh, much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So we can make him likable. Yeah. Okay. You just made him likable. Yeah. <laughs> he was never really on my radar until you made me watch Sicario. Oh yeah, yeah. he's fucking great in that. And he's such since a that, dick. I just like such a dick. Especially of like after watching this movie, I just like love the shit out of him. I don't know like what else he's been in. For me, it was No Doing Country his... for Old Men. Oh, he was. I didn't like him in that. Well, I didn't. I didn't like, I, he's good in well, it. I, I don't like hated his character. His character yeah, because yeah. he was a dipshit. Oh, I forgot yeah. he was in that too. That was his like whole thing. I think yeah, that that's a great movie. Who was like, that by? The, Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers. <laughs> it's by Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> They're, They're uh, Godfathers. <laughs> um, in you know, No Country for Old Men. I like. I didn't like uh, Josh Brolin either. And and but uh, I th- I feel like the Coen Brothers gave him that treatment. They're like, like they oh oh you want to be in one of our movies? Oh, we'll write a part for you. And it was like the fucking most terrible person ever and the most incompetent idiot ever. Did we see Hail Caesar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Same character in that? Yeah. I didn't see that one. I don't really remember. I just remember Hail like Caesar. That. Yeah, his character, he was like a a sleazy like Hollywood figure. fixer. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, it reminds me of uh, the uh, this the the character that you're uh, walking away at the wrong time. That Brad Pitt <laughs> played in uh, Burn After Reading, Whatever. that Co- Coen Brothers movie, where they knew that they knew that Bra- uh, Brad Pitt always wanted to be in a Coen Brothers movie, so they wrote this part for him, and he was the biggest boob ever. I love that boob though in that movie. Yeah, He's I so know. Good. I know. And Brad and Pitt played it perfectly. It. When he when he comes when he comes slowly out of the fucking closet with that face, I was like so surprised when that happened. Did you okay. see that? Yeah, but I just oh, like, they blow his fucking brains out on like the scene real quick. I feel like like even like when we were watching this the first time, I felt like this was like very weird and out of place. And once you said that she was a ghost, I'm like, oh, 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is the scene that like cements sad. She looks like a ghost. Also, her hair's back to the normal length that the other ghost described her at. until he gets back out of the pattern. Well, that's not like... That's Shasta. That's not uh, the narrator. Well, no, but... He brought up the point, does anyone think she's, like, really alive? Right. Because she is the inherent life. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense that, like, she wasn't alive after going on that boat trip. But you read the book, so you should know better. I didn't you. read the book. Oh, I thought you did. No, I just read like all of Thomas Pynchon's other books. Oh, I not all you of read them, this. but like a lot of them. I thought you read this one, and that's why you liked it so much. No, I just love Thomas Pynchon and Paul Thomas Anderson. So you're right. This is the scene where he's. She was like. Oh, I'm the inherent vice. And look, he's like, he's like checking for a pulse or something. Well, he's looking for fang marks. Yeah. Oh my God. We totally should have talked about this movie before recording the podcast. And he's, <laughs> and now he now just I like switched like really to dumb. like memories. No, I feel well, like Well, that's the thing about time. this movie. Like, there are huge time gaps in all of it. Especially yeah. the scene where they get pulled over. Like, the guy walks away, he comes back. They, they do that on purpose, but, like, oh. Joaquin's at the wheel. There's a cop at the front of the car. They act like he's fucking some respectable person mm -hmm. instead of some uh, greedy little hippie. <laughs> the wardrobe in this fucking film is... Outstanding. I'd wear every outfit in this. I was gonna say you should go for like the dock look. I think you could pull it off. Except for like the sandals. Like nobody wants no, to see. No, men, men should wear sandals. sandals. I'm not fucking no, buying yeah, no, no. No. Nobody wants to see men in sandals. I'm sorry. So Do you're all No. All the men out there don't fucking Stop wear that sandals. shit. It's Burn your gross. Birkenstocks, take your flip flops, Ugh. leave them at the gym in the in the in the fucking bathroom and I don't stop care that shit where you put them. Just so what you're proposing face. to me is long skullet and the mutton chops sure or would you just mean his clothing well i meant his clothing <laughs> but i don't think you need to grow your hair out okay although i would love that but definitely try out the mutton chops I'm afraid that even if I, like, I f I'm afraid no matter what, I'm going to look like Meatloaf cosplay from Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Mm -mm. 
and I was about to do my impression of him in that movie, but I don't remember the song. And then I remembered, was that you? I think that was, I was walking down, um, I was walking to the train with Kate and I did my impression of what I thought Cats the musical sounded like. And she's like, you've never seen Cats, have you? I'm like, no, it's way off, isn't it? And she goes, not even close. I like Reese Witherspoon. Oh, she's fantastic. I like everybody in this. There's no one I do not like in this movie. No, and it has a fucking outstanding cast. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sing along if you have to. Oh, this fucking song. For having such a small part in uh, Inherent Vice, Reese Witherspoon is fucking awesome. Yeah. She's amazing. As always. She's always fucking a, a great actress. She is. Super underrated <laughs> yeah. as an actress. Yeah, I think that she did those like silly, like legally blonde movies. Yeah, legally blonde movies. She gets no cred for being a fucking oh, badass she's so actress. Good. But she was in Big Little Lies. Did you guys? Watch did you that hear yet? about that? By the way, what? Meryl Streep's joining season two. <gasps> it's like. What's uh, what's Big Little Lies? I it's an HBO show. Yeah. It's Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, um, mm. Lenny Kravitz's. Zoe. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Laura Dern. Oh, Laura yeah. Dern. Oh, my God. Adam Scott. Adam yeah. Scott. Everyone's in the show, and it's so fucking beautiful and wonderful, and... I love every second of it. Alexander Skarsgård plays Nicole Kidman's husband, and they're the most like, fucking painstakingly gorgeous couple ever. They obviously—it's obscene. It yeah. is obscene. It's like, and they have to ruin it somehow. It's like if they made a porno out of being higher class and beautiful. Oh god, I would watch that porno. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, sure. he was in... Uh, Stanley that, Kubrick tried to make that ne- porno. He was sure. in that Netflix movie... Uh, True Blood. <laughs> That's not enough. Netflix No, movie. the one about the, the, the CIA agent that was, like, dosed with LSD and then killed himself. Oh, I didn't see that. It was... Uh, what, the fu- that was what the fuck was that called? Uh... True Blood. Wormwood. That's oh. called Wormwood. Did you see that? It's not a movie. It's a series. It was a series, yeah. Um, but no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. So it's about Malort. But no, it's about. I will definitely watch it if Alexander Skarsgård yeah. yeah. is in Yeah. It was a uh, uh, Errol Morris production wormwood was yeah it was about the like cia like 
agent, like scientist that was dosed with CIA unwittingly and then allegedly ended up killing himself. I don't think you're thinking of the right person. It's not Alexander Skarsgård? Who is it? Is it, is I it don't know. Sarsgaard, the other one? Oh, the one from Boys Don't Cry? Mm. Peter Sarsgaard? It might be. It's a Skarsgård. <laughs> it's not There's it's not Skellen Scar it's not Skellen Scar's there are guard. like three of them. Yeah. Not the one. No, he is Different. not nearly as beautiful as Alexander. No, that's what I was No, he like. looks like a... I was like... He looks like a... He looks like a guy we dumpy, would know. He looks like a dumpy 70s dad. <laughs> or 60s dad. Or 50s dad. Whatever that... Reminds me of... Um, the dude from Rock and Roll High School. Whose name I can never... Remember, Joey Ramone. No, he's Corey the brother Feldman? of PJ Souls. Do you the movie with the lady, the, the hall like, the principal, with the demerit, demerit, no, demerit? The one that has, like set up shop and like the boys' bathroom. Oh, Clint Howard. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna make a Kevin Spacey joke. <laughs> Wait, you think Peter Sarsgaard looks like Clint Howard? Wow. Hey. You have a very low opinion of that. Man. That is, yeah, that is brutal. T- towards Clint Howard. Sorry, Clint Howard. Yeah. Clint Howard is. Super creepy looking. Yeah. That was his, he was oh. typecast. That was Ron Howard's brother. Creepy yeah, brother. Ron <laughs> I'm going to think of his name. What was his name on? TV show? Opie? No. Opie? What TV show? Happy Days? Yeah. Wasn't he Opie? That's on... um, Oh, the... the Nobody's making fun of... Andy... Rooney? No. Oh, my God. We are... There was the Andy Griffith Andy Griffith. I literally was was trying to quote good... uh, I was literally trying to quote Arrested Development. Uh Oh. He was Opie on Andy Griffith. He was Richie Tannenbaum on uh, Happy Days. Oh, so he didn't have it right. He was Richie. Richie Tannenbaum? Mm-hmm. I, it was I'm sticking a- with that. <laughs> Directed by the Coen Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Come take full circle. It. Full web. Also, this is... Thank you. Caught it still. It's on my shoulder. This is one shot too until he actually. Um... The scene made me like really uncomfortable. Good, right? Like, you, like, it's so tense. I did. The scene because I really Doc wanted you to watch this. Hands. And I was, and it was making me super uncomfortable. We're watching the scene where Doc is tied to the drain pipe after smoking PCP. And he is running around the room like a psychopath. <laughs> oh, this comes up on like one of like one of my favorite parts. He's about to start shooting the gun. Oh, yeah. He's like, did I hit you? Did I get you? <laughs> I feel like that's one of the jokes from a trailer that hits 
one of the few jokes from a trailer that hits way harder in the movie. <laughs> You're right. It's fucking that Nazi up. I wish that was like audible on the recording because we're all just being silent yeah. and watching those. Overdubs. I mean, um, he was shooting down a staircase. But before that, he totally on PCP advantageous position. Even you if you're not on PCP, he totally pulled an Alabama from True Romance, like shooting the guy over the head with like the top of the fucking toilet. You have any idea what I'm talking about? I don't remember. When oh, yeah. James Gandolfini is like getting the shit out of Alabama, like that's how she gets up. Oh yeah, yeah, now I remember. Toilet bowl thing. I've not seen that movie in like. Well, she hit him years. over the head with a couple things. I just don't care. No. She hit him over the head with like something else too. Um, like an Elvis bus. Yeah. But like that's what like did him in. Because he like threw her through like the glass like sliding door. And then she starts like laughing and she's like, You look ridiculous. <laughs> I fucking love that movie way too much. <laughs> if you're driving with me, man, I say to you <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we need to wrap this up because we are not even talking about anything anymore. He just brought us back to uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, brought but us. do you have anything else relevant to say about inherent bias? Pynchon was on set two days. Huh? Thomas Pynchon was on set two days. They shot this. Oh. Who was which he? two days? Huh? Who did was he? he He's was not in. in the, so okay, supposedly PT thinks says that he is in a scene, but he but PT doesn't know. No, PT says that, but no one's been able to see him. He goes, you're not going to be able to find him. So PT hid him in this movie somewhere. I don't know what he He's probably saying. in the window of that fucking store in the background right now. <laughs> no way. One frame. This is one of the best scenes, too, ever. Yeah, I love the family Golden Fang uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. heroin exchange <laughs> program. <laughs> Well, that's about it for us. We're going to watch Inherent Vice for the third time. Thanks for listening. I'm Nick. I'm Falafel. That was Robert. <laughs> and I am Aaron Rose. Thank you for listening. You want to do it again? Let's do it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick, and remember, change your hair, change your life. God damn it. <laughs> I'm Robert. Make sure you rip it from the top. What does that even mean? I'm talking about the, the candies that you gave me. <laughs> Little <laughs> Open the flap and then rip from the top. Alright, well, I'm Aaron Rose, and to quote Tanya Harding, suck my dick.